This is Psalms to Guide, Season 3, Episode 18, Too Much Talking. You can find the show notes for this episode at www.psalmstoguide.com. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 28, NASB. episode that was supposed to be out last Wednesday. Um, I recorded the whole thing, but then it turned out that the sound was not good. Like it wasn't even halfway okay. Cause I do have videos up from my first days when I was recording with my iPhone where the sound comes in and out and it sounds pretty bad, but like you can actually hear it and understand it. And so I just gave up and went ahead and put them out there. This was just like even worse than that. So I wanted to redo it and give you guys a good quality video. Also, you know, it's one thing to have bad videos when you first start out and and bad sound when you first start with something. It's something totally different after you've been doing it for almost a year. So I wanted to make sure that you guys had good sound. Um, Hopefully this setup is better and I have fixed all the problems. I have done some testing, so hopefully this is good. But I wanted to go back and do this episode and then I will uh, post it. It will be late, of course. So without further ado, uh, this episode is about how much we talk um, and the way that we communicate and how that changes from culture to culture and the importance of thinking about it. It was actually inspired by my own personal issues with communication and my own personal issues with talking too much. Um, But also a book that I read that um, some of my friends suggested to me to help me with this issue. Okay, okay. So this is a book that a lot of my friends suggested I should read. Um, It's called Keep It Shut. It is by a woman named Karen Eman. Eman. I'm sorry, Karen. I may have butchered your name. Um, And the byline of it is, what to say, how to say it, and when to say absolutely nothing at all. Um, And so I started reading this book at the uh, request of my friends. And it's, you know, it's not like a, it's not like a super thick book. It's fairly innocuous, but it did take me a whole year to get through this book. Um, It's not really like an exciting read. And a lot of the stuff, arguably it is, like common sense, common knowledge, like a lot of the things that she said I already knew, but I did need the reminder. I am very glad I read the book because I did need the reminder. Some things you know, but you need somebody to tell you (laughs) over and over and be like, hey, by the way, you do this, you talk too much, you don't listen well, you interrupt people, um, you take, you know, you don't think before you speak or you say things out of um, anger or out of jealousy or out of whatever. 
and this is the ramifications. So it was a great thing to read. Um, I did take notes on it as I was reading, so I do want to show for those of you who are viewing on YouTube some of the notes and um, go over a little bit about what was in the book before I go into the broader topic. This will be pretty short because, um, you know, of course, those of you listening on regular channels will not actually be able to watch the notes. So this, you know, but anyway, um, for those who are looking on YouTube, just an FYI, I didn't really intend to be showing these notes to people. That's why you will see things like highlighter yellow um, in the text and you probably won't be able to read it. But I did keep notes each chapter and each chapter had a theme. So like the first theme was called From Sparks to Raging Fire, the awful power of the tongue. And it went into um, the, basically the power of the tongue. It went through a lot of the Bible verses that talk about the power of the tongue. Uh, reminding you why it's important and that's one of the things that i really liked about the book is that it tied um it tied all of this into faith right it's not just about you know the simplistics of communication and being a better person uh, in general but it's also something that is required of us by god we will be held accountable for the words that we say and so um, within the text, you know, she talked about the fact, you know, about how we argue and just like a lot of things. Um, one of the things I wrote um, in this from the second chapter that I really liked was be gracious. Don't say something permanently painful because you're temporarily ticked off. Um, that was a quote from the book that I really, really liked and that I'm trying to keep in mind with me because I am one of those people who has a short fuse and when you're angry, it is very easy to say something that you don't necessarily mean, like you mean it in the moment, but you really don't mean it. Um, but it can permanently scar somebody, permanently upset someone. Um, and so I definitely wanted to highlight that little tidbit from the book. Um, you know, another thing she talked about was listening um, which we're going to talk about t today a lot, um, and not being so quick to fill every gap of silence in a conversation. Um, that was something that I really, I don't know, like, I feel like I don't, um, I'm okay with silence, but I have found that in conversations, when I have an opinion, sometimes I don't think as quickly, I, I mean, I'm like, I don't, think and slow down and wait to hear other people's opinions there's like a rush to say what you have to say especially if it's a strong opinion it just kind of comes out um, and that actually happened to me uh, just yesterday um, I don't know when this I'm gonna try to get this up today as I record it but yesterday was Saturday so um, I, I had a situation where I was in a Sabbath school class and um, we were talking and the way our Sabbath school classes work, we generally just share our opinions. And sometimes, like, we all have a tendency to kind of jump over each other. Um, and we've all kind of been taking an effort to try to step back and, like, use the raise your hand feature in Zoom and stuff like that. Um, but in particular, but, like, in general, we it's just a discussion. So a question is posed and people discuss it. And yesterday, um, someone asked a question. But before they asked the question, um, 
they presented a scenario. And before they presented the scenario, they specifically said that they wanted uh, the guys in the class to give their opinion. So the way it went is they say, hey, I want to get the guy's opinion on this. Then they presented a scenario and then they asked a question. By the time they got to the question, you know, I had forgotten that they were actually, t they wanted the guy's opinion primarily. And because I had a thought on what they said, like I started to speak and they're like, hey, like I was asking for the guy's opinion. And I was like, oh, my bad, my bad. Um, and so it's something that happens. And I mean, I've seen men do this too. And I like, I don't want to go off on a tangent because you guys already have the, the privilege of, or the misfortune of seeing that very long video that I did on um, feminism and the interactions between, I guess, men and women uh, and biblical things about that. But I have seen men do that too, where, you know, it should be a woman responding and men will jump in. I've seen this with married couples versus singles. A lot of times what happens is people are asking for one group's opinion and we are so quick to give our opinion because, you know, it, it's there, it's on the tip of our tongue and we forget to stand back and listen. And it's a two-way street, right? So for me, I, like, as soon as he said it, I was like, oh, you're right, you did, I'm sorry, like, you know, and I just shut up and I backed up. But at the same time, we also have people who see that and then instead of being graceful and being like, like, I respect the fact that you have an opinion, but right now I just want to hear from these people. We have people who get angry and like go off on other tangents or they um, insult the person or whatever. And of course the person who was asking, you know, he was very gracious too. And so it turned out all well and good, you know, and I was like, yo, I forgot that you even said that. Um, but that really reminded me of this chapter, which has been, it's probably been a good like six or seven months since I read this. Maybe this should be a book I read repeatedly um, to keep reminding me. But you know, when we should be quick to listen and slow to speak. And a lot of us struggle with that. I struggle with that. Um, so this was one of my, my favorite chapters um, within the book. And then uh, <clears throat> another thing that was really important is about motives and your motivations for why you are saying something. Um, I'm pretty sure you guys have all heard the saying, is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? Evaluating what you're saying and like the purpose of it. Is it causing joy? Is it causing something good? Is it something that you need to say? Um, there have been times where I felt like I needed to say something, it was necessary and it was true, but it wasn't necessarily kind. I personally have been working on ways of making these things a little bit kinder. I am a blunt person. Um, I do have a tendency to just say it like it is. So in its straight truth and because it's necessary. Um, but a lot of times things can be said in a tone that makes it a little kinder. And a lot of that comes from compassion, love, grace. Um, the church that I used to attend, the pastor who used to preach there, he doesn't even preach there, we both left. But um, he you, he did a sermon about mercy and grace and he, was, and he was talking about erring on the side of mercy when you are dealing with people. Um, you know, he, he, like, you know, he was like, yeah, things happen, but you, you know, you should always err on the side of mercy. So, um, and this goes into the idea of, um, you know, uh, assume, assume the best, 
um, I've heard this a lot at my job actually, where we talk about like uh, misinterpretations and, and, and things like that, where it's like, just assume that they meant well. And instead of going in it like they meant to offend me or they meant to say this ignorant thing or they meant to do whatever, like go at it with a assumption that they didn't know that they were doing something wrong or egregious. Um, which helps you to have more compassion and more mercy in your response to the situation. And similarly, when people are saying this to you, like I know I have asked my friends to be gracious because they all know that I'm blunt and I'm like, look, I'm trying. I'm trying to get to the point that, you know, when I say things that it's not like completely callous and heartless, um, that it comes off a little bit kinder. But like my brain, like I, this is the danger of being a computer scientist. My brain is very logical. And so a lot of times I don't process it in an emotional way. And so I don't make that leap that I think other people do. Um, and I've asked my friends, I'm like, hey, like, you know, please don't take it to heart if I say something that's not worded well um, and, and, and help me to get better, like, you know, say back to me like that's not that's really not how you should have said that um and I do have a friend that is um kind of the opposite of me I would say that she thinks a lot more emotionally and I think a lot more logically and together again this is why God created people differently this is why he put us together and expects us to form friendships and bonds with people who are diverse from ourselves um I talk to her all the time. Like when I'm about to say something, I, I almost always run it by her and I'm like, is this heartless? And you know, she will also talk to me and she'll be like, am I being too emotional about this? Is there something? And I'm like, look, logically, this is what you should do, right? And so together we form this balance, right? Like we're trying to balance each other out so that I'm not just spouting off the bluntest thing ever. And she is able to put up some boundaries and not feel bad about things um, that she shouldn't feel bad about. And so um, I think this was a very, very important chapter within that book. Um, you know, and I kind of skipped over a lot of it, but just, you know, is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? I think covers most of it, but essentially just check your motivations. Why are you saying it? And, you know, should you actually be saying it? Um, okay. So it definitely wouldn't be a book about our speech in 2021 if it did not go over our uh, textual speech, right? On the phones, on the internet, on the interwebs, right? Like we, my generation, the younger generation, we do a lot of our communication via text. It's not necessarily verbal, but our written communication is the same and I, um, it's actually more dangerous because number one, tone gets lost. Um, we have emojis, emojis are great, they help. But a lot of times, you know, you read it and you put your own interpretation on it and you think that it was angry or it was um, whatever and you get a little upset. Mm. Right, like, We've all been in that situation where things just go awry. You also have the the, the issue of like the anonymity. Um, people on Facebook will say things and you're like, you would never say that in person to somebody. You would never say that to somebody's face. Why would you type that? That's, that's, like, that's so, so horrible. 
I saw this literally yesterday. I was watching a sermon and um, I mean, I didn't agree with everything that was being said. It was a panel and, you know, some most most of the people on the panel had uh, sentiments that I didn't agree with. And you could see in the comment section, it was a live stream. So they had like the comment section streaming on YouTube and you could see a lot of people were um, in disagreement, but some of the people were so rude. They were so rude about their the fact that they didn't agree. And at one point, um, somebody actually insulted the pastor's wife. Like the pastor's wife really wasn't saying that much. She was just sitting beside the pastor and like, they literally went in and they, you know, they were insulting her appearance. They were, you know, and I was like, why would you do that? If you were literally standing in front of this person, would you be saying the things that you are typing in this chat? And that's a lot of what um, th one of the chapters in this book talked about. And I appreciated it. Again, it was something that um, I feel like should be common sense in, in despite of this theme of common knowledge, right? It should be common knowledge, but we often forget in the moment. It's very easy to lose yourself. Um, it, and it, you know, I would wager that we should be imagining a real person every time we do something electronically. Um, so I did want to highlight that. Uh, um, so one other chapter that she had, um, was about prayer. Um, and this was probably the chapter that I, I don't know, I would say, I guess I learned the most. It was the most that I didn't really think about. And she talked about the fact that all of the people she knows that are good at not gossiping, not, you know, spouting off at the mouth, not sticking their foot in their mouth, are people who have very strong prayer lives. Now, when I think about it, um, most of the time I do pray regularly. I, I don't think there's a day that I don't pray. I mean, some days I pray more than others. Some days I have longer prayers than others. Sometimes I fall asleep praying. But I wouldn't say that I've ever really had um, a period where I was just like, oh, I, I haven't prayed in like a month or something like that. And so when I first started reading it, I was just like, mm, I don't know. I don't really know because I, I pray and I still be saying some things that I should not say. But I did make the connection that the people I hang around with, right? So the, the influences around you, um, the movies that I watch, the music I listen to, even like the YouTube videos, like am I watching um, videos that are for edification purposes or am I just watching trash, right? Um, you have uh, a whole range of things you can watch on video, you can watch like vloggers you can watch history videos you can watch um i like to watch a lot of like vegan chefs and to find new recipes um i used to watch a lot of natural hair videos but sometimes those like even within the especially within the vegan community but within the natural hair community you can start getting videos that are very negative or like this person has beef with that person um, then you also like, I used to watch some of the shows, like maybe like, um, the real or, uh, what's the other one? I forgot the other, I forgot the name of the other one. It's the one with Whoopi Goldberg on it. Um, where sometimes they go over like current events, 
But a lot of times they will delve, especially on the reel, they'll delve into topics that are, I mean, it's daytime TV, right? So it gets a little bit more like, mm. um, and when I was watching those things more consistently, then I found like, yeah, you are more likely to say things you shouldn't say because you're feeding your brain things that may not be the best to be feeding your brain. And so I realized that when I stick to things that are more positive and um, are more educational, um, even just, I've gotten to the point now when I work, I listen to like nature sounds just for like the calming effect and just to kind of uh, remind me of home and to give me a little bit more inspiration and when my brain is being exposed to those types of things it naturally it, it, it warms your heart right so then like out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh and so you're putting good things into your soul so good things come out of your mouth um, so that was one thing that I definitely um, kept in mind as I was doing uh, this this chapter um, and then the final chapter of the book before we start going into some more broad cultural things was about flattery and lies um, a lot of times we say things to get on people's good side you know it, it's kind of the opposite <laughs> it's the opposite problem that I have I have a problem with being blunt some people have a problem with flattery. They're unable to be, they're unable to say what they're actually thinking because they don't, they want people to like them um, and things like that. And so this chapter, um, it didn't resonate quite as much with me, but I did understand the concept. And in some cases, you know, I probably have done this or I've probably thought about it, but it, it definitely went into a lot of those topics. So overall, it was a great book. Um, I highly recommend, particularly if you are um, a Christian woman and you would like to do a little bit of work on yourself and your tongue. Just a reminder, it's called Keep It Shut, What to Say, When to Say It, and When to Say it, Nothing at All. And it's by Karen Emin, Emin, something. Um, um, so it's definitely a good read. Now, what I really want to bring out today, um, in addition to what I just said, all of this applies to everyone, but I wanted to point out how these things uh, change as we move from culture to culture. Communication is a human thing. So it's been something that has been happening in every culture, every religion, has some way of communicating within the religion and with other people. Um, and I would wager that most religions say that there is something about how you communicate with people that is important. So for instance, in Christianity, the Bible has so many conversations about the danger of the tongue. The power of life and death is in the tongue, right? Um, and I would wager that if you talk to someone who is Muslim or someone who is Hindu or someone who is Buddhist, that they would also tell you that your speech is important and how you make people feel is important. Definitely, if you talk to people who are in like the new age movement or people who are like humanist or something like that, they're gonna say what you put out in the world is what you get back. So if you put out positivity, you get positivity. Um, but even if you talk to somebody who's an atheist 
or an agnostic, they're probably also going to say that it's important that you communicate well and that it's important that you don't go around just intentionally hurting people's feelings and saying outrageous things. But we all do it. We all end up saying things that hurt people. And what I've found is the place where I tend to see things go awry is when we start going across lines of diversity, um, different identities, whether it's gender identities, whether it is uh, racial identities, whether it's religious identities, cultural differences, like I'm from the South, you're from the North, um, whether it is like whole, whole um, country differences, like being in America versus being in England or being in Haiti or being in, I don't know, I'm just naming random countries. Um, <clears throat> but what happens is because we have a different way of communicating, because we have different levels of respect for whom we're communicating to, I'm being honest, um, we have a tendency to say things that maybe we shouldn't say. In some cases, it's completely accidental. Um, I was in a clubhouse chat probably like six months ago. This is like the last time I ever went into club a clubhouse chat. Um, but there was an issue where uh, a young man said something. I don't really remember what he was trying. I don't remember what the conversation was supposed to be about. But he said something and uh, a young woman in the in the room was highly offended by what he said and she started to voice um, her offense and she was saying that he was being ableist and you know she lashed into him she was livid about whatever it was that he had said and as a person sitting in the room who by you know by nature of trying to be a decent human being I would never want to be an ableist. Um, for those who are unfamiliar, um, ableism is basically discrimination or prejudices against uh, people who have disabilities, whether they be physical disabilities or cognitive disabilities, um, anything like that. I'm not even sure if some things would be actually considered a disability. Um, but I had never heard the word ableism before until she said it. And I had another friend that was in the room and I was texting this friend on the side and I was just like, what is happening? What is happening? And in that room, there was a lot of ignorance. Um, and when I say ignorance, I don't mean it in a negative way. I don't mean it in a you're stupid uh, type of a way. I mean, like, we just didn't know. Like, I was completely baffled by what was the problem. And because she was so angry and passionate, she never actually addressed why the statement was ableist. Um, and as a black person, I understand, I understand the parallels that this comes in with racism as well. I, everyone knows what racism is, though people argue about the definition of racism everyone has some vague idea of what it means to be a racist and if you if someone says something and you lead with you're a racist because you said this ignorant thing most of the time people turn their brain off and they're like i can't believe you called me a racist blah 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 <laughs> um and sometimes they really are a racist 
But sometimes there is ignorance there and the person just doesn't understand what it is that they've said wrong. Um, I remember when I first stopped straightening my hair, um, I went somewhere, I had been wearing my hair curly maybe like for two weeks. <laughs> um, so I hadn't even grown out my relaxer in all for all intents and purposes. My hair was just texturized, I guess. Um, but one of the students that was in grad school with me said something along the lines of, oh, I liked your hair better straight. Now, I could have gotten angry and been like, you're a racist, blah, blah, blah. And granted, I probably still could have said something a little more graceful in the situation, but my response was, that's very Eurocentric of you. Um, and it led to a conversation where I was explaining to him, like, my hair does not grow out of my head straight. So what you have just said to me is that you like me better when I am conforming to a Eurocentric standard of beauty and when I am altering the body and the hair that God gave me. You're saying you don't like my hair the way it naturally grows out of my head. And when I repeated it to him in that way, like he was like, he was like, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. Oh my goodness. He's like, no, 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 I, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Like when I met you, you had straight hair. So I always saw you with straight hair. And I like, I didn't even think about it like that. And he was completely shooketh that he had said something that bad, right? And, you know, it never happened again, right? Um, the same way, like, everyone has experiences. Like, as a black person, I'm not an expert on what it's like to be Hispanic. I'm not an expert on what it's like to be Asian. So there are times where you can say something out of ignorance, and it's not out of malintent. It is just you don't you're you don't know about the topic and you have people who will argue you should know you should know better. Um, and yeah, I mean, like we live in a day and age where there's lots of resources for you to learn, but sometimes you need a point in the right direction. This is what you should read, because there's also a lot of garbage out there. You could read a lot of things that will lead you in the very wrong path. Um, and also there's time constraints. We also live in a capitalist society that has us working around the clock to try to pay bills and student loans and all kinds of other things and our hands get tied. So it is nice to meet people with grace. And this is what I meant earlier about assuming the best in people, not going off, um, you know, stepping back. And, and also, like I said, it's a two-way street. Being aware when someone gets angry one of the things that drives me up the wall, um, it surrounds the team in Washington, the NFL team in Washington. Y'all know which team I'm talking about. And, you know, uh, certain tribes have mentioned that they don't like the name. They find the name to be offensive. Who are Who is anybody else to tell them that they don't have the right to be offended, right? But you have people who will literally just be like, well, it doesn't matter. That's what they've been. We're going to keep calling them that. And they will keep using the name of the team like these people haven't just expressed hurt and that's very i mean not only is that unchristianly i don't think any religion advocates for that and i don't think any atheist would advocate for that i think that's just evil to be honest if someone's telling you that something hurts them don't do it like don't say it right like it's it should be very simple but for some reason every single culture struggles with this every group has this issue with recognizing the humanity in someone else and recognizing the validity in their pain 
and curtailing their mouth. And I, I don't really understand why we have that problem. So I wanted to go over some of these topics with you guys um, to encourage you to examine your speech. Someone like me who talks a lot and who has a podcast, I try to examine my speech all the time. Something you guys don't see is that I do pray before I record episodes because I want to invite the Holy Spirit to be the one talking as opposed to me talking because I know I have problems. Um, and I just wanted to encourage you regardless of your faith, regardless of where you are in life, um, to think about what you say, to pause, to listen more, um, and to be gracious to the person that you're talking to. Imagine them as yourself or as a real person um, and be mindful of their feelings. Thanks for listening. I will see you guys soon. Bye.